Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean How the hell are we back to this? This has more continuity through our show than like than when, than we, when we were talking about our underwear for like two weeks straight. Remember when we did that? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, it was like nonstop that we were just talking about our like our like our our, bow, the, our ball pouches. Yeah, that was exactly it. The, the pouches for the. By the way, again, listeners, uh, man, number one, we should totally get a me undies like sponsorship, and be like, yo, send us the ball pouch underwear, and we will talk about how awesome the ball pouch underwear is. Only if it's better on than show. only if it's better than like the ball pouch underwear that I wear currently. Yeah, like it's got to well, be better or equivalent at, at the base level they would be paying us to wear their underwear okay instead of purchasing it ourselves so i feel like it's already got a leg up i mean i only buy underwear once every like four years so right i mean like at this point how much are we actually saving 20 bucks every four years but also it's because uh we're not a couple of skid mark steves here sean no yeah we, uh, we know how to properly wipe the brown eye what make it a brown eye wipe the brown eye and also like anybody who's okay i i'm about to really like just go in hard on like probably uh-huh. a portion of our audience but hey if you got an itchy bum like seriously you don't have it's- to just like go in there knuckle deep on that like you kind of don't like go to the also- bathroom Pop a squat mm-hmm. and act like you're wiping. I take it if you have an itchy bum, it's because you haven't wiped enough and you should go back and finish that job. That is why your bum hole is itchy. Man, we can just end the show right now. We did mm-hmm. a lot of people a service here. And there you go, everybody. Everybody who listened to this, you're all gross. We know that we helped all of you. You're welcome. Take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. You're you all doing, delightful. Buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I sound much better than last time. I'll say it. Uh, you sound much better. Uh, your anime hairstyle continues to evolve, though. Uh, I need to start taking pictures so listeners can just see, like, an update week by week. <laughs> mm, I mean, I all I see is, like, this tiny, like, half inch by inch little mm-hmm. camera off to the side over here. So I don't see what you see, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you Screenshot look like, it. I'm going to, I'm, I will. Uh, all right, let me screen. Hit that print screen button on your yeah, keyboard. Yeah, it's print screen. It's, why well, I'm like an old person. It's a what? Hold on. Right, <laughs> keep talking, because I'm going to do a thing. Okay. What, are you just going to create a collage? Maybe. Do I have paint? Do I need my light on? I'm going to put my light on. No, I've already taken. I'm not doing more than this. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look as good anyways. Now it looks just like everything around me. Here's the thing that sucks. You run a dual monitor setup, right? Yeah. When you screen cap, does it screen cap both of your monitors? Yeah. Mine too. I hate it. Yeah, it's screen. So in doing the, I'm working on the card for this show right now. And so I actually had to screen cap because the image that I found wasn't like an actual image that I could save and upload. So I screen capped it on my 4K monitor, opened it in Photoshop, and it does open in the right pixels. You know, it's like 5,000 by 2,000 or whatever. It's just a pain in the ass. That was such a... uh, 
awesome sentence that you said though and i can't even remember it and now it sucks that was Damn. not an awesome sentence there was <laughs> that is some of the darkiest shit that i've said today and we're about to talk uh, about what we're about to talk about and i'm about to talk about the rabbit holes that i went down and so i guess honestly that's the least nerdy thing that you're gonna hear from me today it was uh it's pretty sweet though i'm, I'm actually pretty excited about what we did for this episode because sean we did something we never do which is research yeah. slash work for this show. Holy crap. They, I will say, okay, dude. So pulling back the curtain, we usually record on Thursdays to release this on Fridays. And <clears throat> there's a lot of times I get out of work on a Thursday and I'm like, man, I got to go home and watch a fucking movie. Fuck, man. It's so well, and, nice out, blah blah Today I go In your home. defense, you, you wait till the day of recording to watch them. Yeah. I like watch them at least the weekend before. Hell no, because then I'm going into it without it as fresh. <laughs> it's got to be Fair fresh. Enough. I mean, it's one way. Yeah, I do commend you for it. You you stick with it and you you do it way more than I would have. I, that's why I, I do watch them like way in advance. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this all in one day. I will always hero, make bro. sure to do it the day of. But anyways, today I got home and I'm like, man, I get to just watch like a series of 10 minute long videos. And then I did that for like two and a half hours, and it was fantastic. It was so much better than watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten would so do this over Tin Cup. Well, yeah, you still didn't <clears throat> watch Tin Cup. You no. got lucky there. Yeah. I think that's the only one uh, for the show I haven't watched, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fair. Like I said, you you didn't miss much. Although, Phil will be upset I said that again, because Phil really likes Tin Cup, and it was a college movie for him. Like he said, him and his buddies would always put it on when they were just chilling, like hungover. And I get that. I've got movies like that. I also feel like I'm probably peeking real hard. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess, I don't know, one of those low effort, low energies. What did we end up doing for that one? What Did we do a potpourri for that? I think Sort of right. like I described the movie for you. Like I kind of yeah. walked you through it beat by beat and like a lot of what didn't work for me and why so okay well it was shrug it was apt okay anyways yeah (laughs) yeah we did some research for this and it was a lot of fun a lot of fun i don't remember what got us on this topic but i don't either i think oh we you had mentioned uh an emulator i think that you could input game genie stuff on uh nope absolutely not I, I, no. I, I'm talking about what we're talking about right now. What got us onto this is I've been wanting to talk about a game genie for as long as I've known people with podcasts. I don't know why it has just been like that elusive topic that nobody has really ever shown interest in talking about for some reason. I'm like, man, how is nobody wanting to talk about this? Right. I, I don't know why nobody would like I, I've. I have always assumed maybe it was. I, I even got it secondhand. I don't know. I, I feel like everybody had a game genie. I didn't have a game genie. <laughs> you didn't. I oh, didn't. Man. Look at me going on and on. Yeah, look at you, Mister Privileged. <laughs> look at me. There was it, wow. In my research today, I found out that there was only two million game genies that shipped for the NES. Didn't know that. That's not a huge install base. I mean, actually, I guess it's a pretty big install base. 
Because there was 32, what, 32 million copies of Super Mario Brothers 3, and that's one of the most high-selling games there was. And this is only a 16th of that. Yeah. That's pretty good for for a video game enhancer. A video game enhancer. Is that what we're calling it? That's absolutely what we're calling it. <laughs> I know. I've been working on this this whole time, and I'm almost done. What are you working on? Oh, are you still doing the anime shit? Yeah, I'm terrible at creating things, Sean, so. Okay, all I know is, first of all, apologies to everybody that's been hearing Kyle's mouse click like a maniac. Second of all, that's, I completely forgot what you're doing, and I've been watching you, (laughs) and I've been trying to ramble on, being like, what the fuck is he doing? What is this idiot doing? All right. Uh, I'm confused. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know. Hey, there we go. Ta-da! <laughs> I, okay, I don't... Like, first of all, I don't know who that image even is. Who is that? That's a dude from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh, I haven't played that. No. Oh, but... Totally, though. Tell me, come on. Well, you know, I can't grow a beard or stubble. My hair's not that long. And, and I don't and have an earpiece or metal shoulders. <laughs> Other than that spitting image, <laughs> you also don't have a scar over the eye, but uh, also it doesn't look can. like I'm on Mars. That's just the Nevada desert. Mm, same thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> there have been so many movies that are Mars filmed in the Nevada desert that you're yeah. close enough. Checks out. It counts. Man, I really counts. appreciate that you just did that for like the last four minutes and not a single listener Nobody. can see what you just did. Nobody. No, not a single one. And you know what? I don't care. You know what I will do? Fuck them. Fuck this. I promise you, I'll put it on Patreon. Yeah? Okay. Uh Okay. Put it on after this episode. I will, yeah. Just without any context, and if anybody sees it, they'll they'll listen tomorrow slash Mm. whenever you guys are listening right now, and they'll be like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that sucks. Why did he spend so much time on (laughs) Oh, my God. I love your complete lack of care in terms of scaling the two images. Dude, that's the thing. Like, I I was attempting to scale it. It looked like crap. I got, I deleted everything, and that's when I started panicking. And I was like, ah, just send what (laughs) you fucking have. He's calling me out. He's calling me out. Send the image. It was. Send it, send it. <laughs> oh, oh my did god! Did we send it ever? Oh man, Shawnee, game genies, man. So you didn't have one. So then, let me ask: uh, Where does your interest in it come from? Did you remember commercials about them? Nope, I've never seen a commercial for this ever in my life until like. Hmm. Actually, I mean, I've seen one in the last couple of years, but I didn't see one when I was growing up. Um, I just joke saying like, oh, you privileged dude, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, right? But when I was a little kid, I I had an NES until like 96 when mm-hmm. the PlayStation came out. You know, I got, think, Siphon Filter and Final Fantasy VII. That doesn't even matter. Whatever. Um, but I had an NES because it was my grandmother's NES who gave it to Crazy, us right? when she got her Super Nintendo. And so she Your gave grandma it. Grandma's a badass. Yeah, she was sick. Dude, she, I had like the original like 40, 40 um, issues of Nintendo Power. Like just Damn, stuck dude. underneath my entertainment center. Like 
of my TV and I just pull them out and just pour over them, right? But she also, like, we had a shitload of games. Funny enough, never had Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> you know, didn't have, like, a lot of the big ones that everybody knew, but I had a ton of games. And then I'd go over to my godmother's house a lot because one of my best friends, Chris, you know, I'd spend days there on the weekend. I'm sure my mom just wanted to get the kids out of the fucking house. But we'd go there and we played Nintendo up in his room and he had a game genie. And like I would bring games and he had a ton of games and we would just sit there and pour through the books, like the game genie books and just try all the codes that we could. And it, it didn't even matter if we beat a game. We would just like put in all the codes and be like, oh, let's try this today. Or like let's change a couple of letters here and see if the game crashes. And if it doesn't, whatever. And the goal for us was never really beating the game. It was just having fun with it. And Game Genie introduced so many fun ways to play games. And like mm-hmm. he had it for the NES and for the Genesis. And so we we were like doing NBA Jam with the Game Genie and like I think Shaq Fu for some fucking reason. It, just like the most random <laughs> games, like not even great ones. Yeah. We would just go through the book and be like, oh, let's see how this game plays with these game genies. And I, I just loved it. It was such an awesome way for me and, you know, my best friend to just spend afternoons. And I just have a lot of really great nostalgia looking back in the great times that we had. I think it was a, a huge cool thing for a lot of kids because it did give you so much new freedom in these worlds that like, I don't know, man, how you were, but I remember like playing video games and always imagining that there was like some super secret item like right behind that bush and you just had to do this specific thing to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everybody had like, that with Mew with the pickup truck. Yeah, of course. The Mew, yeah. the Mew thing. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember specific examples, but I'm always like thinking like. There's more to this world than what they're showing me. Because, again, I'm just also a dumb kid, and I'm not fully grasping how the world... I don't comprehend the vastness of <laughs> the world itself. So, of course, I think I know how video game coding works. But uh, I think a cool thing about the Game Genie is that for a lot of kids, it was the first exposure to hacking. Because that's really what you're doing. Yeah. You are changing the code in this game by force the game genie had a unique way of like it jumped into the loading section of the memory of the systems before it would load the game right no actually dude no in this rabbit hole i went down yeah i watched i watched this 12 minute long video and i couldn't tell you a single thing that i learned because it was so technical in like going into the access sections of the code and all of that. But I thought that as well, what you just said. It's actually, it's really cool. It's this, it acts as a bypass. So mm-hmm. you plug, as folks know, either that or you don't. Maybe people listening are so young and you have no idea. Maybe Game Shark or Action Replay is something you might be familiar with. But you take the game cart and you plug it into the game genie and then you slide the cart, the game genie into whatever device. Each one's a little bit different, but whatever, let's go off of the, the NES for now. You slide it right on in. Now what happens is, is the, the council at certain point 
tries to ask the game for certain code to tell it certain things, whether it be how many lives or um, how much damage you would take or something like that. And so it sends a signal to the cart to ask for a certain bit of information from a specific part of code. And that's when the game genie stops it and the code that you put in it tricks the game system into thinking this is actually the value that it is. Instead of it actually ever reaching the ROM on the cart, the game genie just stops it and tells it what you want it to tell it. It's dude, it's so wild. And like there's certain like councils or certain types of game that have fluctuating game states and stuff like that, where you need some validator. That's why some codes are six six letters or values and Mm -hmm. some are eight because you need to have conditional context because you know this same string could apply to multiple different parts in the game sorry i I just went on a techno technological rant i think that's dude i think that's what we're here for so fucking cool that it is it's a bypass that stops like if the council is asking for something and it's like hey this is the code that he put in i should stop it from asking the rom this is what i want to tell it Mm-hmm. So cool. The fact that it's a bypass device, um, I think, is a crucial element to this device. And I think another reason why it saw so much expanded usage, and I want to mention one of the, the fantastic comments we got on our Facebook page, Sean, which is, what is the name of our Facebook? It's Experience Grand. Just, just like it's like the slashy yeah. experience grind. I have no yeah, idea. Okay. Just like if you're on oh. Facebook, go to the search bar, type in experience grind. Type experience grind. It's, it's the, the one, one with the gear. The gear. <laughs> yes. Uh, but our friend, uh, my friend Kyle Snyder, uh, he mentions that the game genie was a, a requirement in his house for the NES to work because, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, for me, I had the same issue as a kid because yep. I got my NES second hand from my cousin i believe and he used and a lot of game genie huh not so i think it before that he just used it a lot he played a lot of nintendo and the, it got sort of worn out and of course the game's also like when people do blow in them like it affects the connectivity so you almost always had to have the game genie connected even if you weren't intending to use it if you just wanted to play you still had to run it through the game genie because it could bypass that check system that like a dirty contact or a loose one couldn't even make it through to do like the game genie was sort of like a a linking device and i i remember tons of games that i had i had to play that way specifically you want to know something pretty interesting that i just that might blow your mind here one so the game genie for the nes so every one of the game genies that came out had a different flaw one where one way or the other with each system with it like the game boy it only really ever worked with like the OG Game Boy, Game Boy yeah. Pocket. You would have was, to like bend it, like it in half one. to yeah to stuff it in. The one for the NES, it because you never were able to shut it. It warped the pins inside of the NES ah, yeah, to yeah, where yeah. it got to the point where you needed the Game Genie in to really yeah. run anything. So. Mm-hmm. If you guys listening ever had that problem, it's probably because you're a bunch of filthy little cheaters and you use your Game Genie too much. <laughs> I guess, yeah, because it. I remember now the Game Genie for the NES 
had sort of like a weird plasticky rubber flap at yep. the back that like the cart and when you pushed it down that was like leveraging and pushing it further in yeah okay yep. i remember that now yeah it's it crazy. was you weren't even able to push it down game genie yeah. went straight in and it bypassed the whole needing to push it down that's craziness man yeah it's pretty wild right dude the, the stuff I, that you don't know until you have a podcast and you're in your 30s it's also like so i think this from my research was also sort of Number one, it was inspired by the Aladdin deck enhancer, which was uh, also used on the NES. Uh, it was made by uh, the same company that ended up making the Game Genie, and I think that's why they called the Game Genie the Game Genie because it tied into the Aladdin deck enhancer. I th- I think Genie. I I think you. Uh, I watched the videos that you sent me a little bit more in depth than you did. So I'm also reading about them now. So. Yeah. So th- the uh, the Aladdin game enhancer was uh, Comerica, which is who Codemasters licensed the Game Genie to. Um, okay. So Codemasters did invent it first. Yes. So they okay. they made the Game Genie, and when they went to bring it to America, uh, Comerica. That is such a stupid name, Comerica. Yeah. Like, I keep thinking, like, Callisto or something. But no, Comerica wanted to do it in America, but Nintendo threatened law a lawsuit. And so they went up to Canada and did it and sold their license to Galoob to do that in the United States, which you guys might know from um, Pound Puppies or yep. Micro Machines. Those are the big ones from Galoob or the wrestling figures from back in the day. But, I loved uh, Galoob commercials. Comerica came out with the Aladdin. Man, dude, it came out with the Aladdin like three months before they went bankrupt. Yeah. It was, it so this, this was way after the Game Genie. <laughs> uh, that was like 93, 90, yeah, it was like 92 to 94, one of them. The wild, the wild thing in doing this research was that uh, – the Game Genie was created by Codemasters, who yeah. would later go on just completely irrelevantly and unknown to me, would make some of my favorite racing games ever. They made the Dirt series. Uh, I had no idea one. they did oh. Dirt. Really? Yeah. Codemasters what? did Dirt. That's like, yeah, Dirt 1, Dirt 2, one of my favorite games. Jesus. Um, yeah, all those other style of games. What's the fucking... Uh, they did F1, Dirt Rally... Whoa. Uh, there's another one that I really liked that I thought they did too. I guess they did Lord of the Rings Online too. What the fuck? Codemasters outlived Game Genie by like a huge a amount. A lot. A lot. But I'm, dude, I figured Game Genie had to have made them so much money. But yeah, that's. The, oh, there's the pick. The, Nintendo did not like them at all. Oh, dude. Th- that is one of the biggest. That's one of the most important lawsuits. Ever when it regards video games, you know, you have the big rockstar and yeah, yeah, and it it was good for like I feel it's still good for us as the consumer that Nintendo lost that lawsuit. You know, it's super interesting. The whole time that I was watching these videos, I couldn't help but think about how Bungie uh, just didn't they just win against two cheat makers in the last couple of Mm -hmm. weeks or in the last month and minimum. I think 12 million a piece from two different code makers, which is really interesting to watch these videos and see how Nintendo lost so horrifically 
mm-hmm. in this lawsuit against uh, Galoob and the Game Genie, whereas Bungie's able to, um, you know, take those victories. I really want to read more into those because this really has me fascinated. Well, because, so or go ahead. No, go Finish on. Up. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think, uh, so there's, to me, there's two eras of difference that I think make it separate and stand out. The first being that, like, back in the day, like, when you bought Mario 3, you bought Mario 3, whereas, like, now when you buy a game, you're buying a license Do to that game. Do you ever know? really own it? Right? No, you're so right, because you got to sign a EULA, right? Yeah. And that's, like, one part of it. And then the other part is the fact that, like, I totally agree with the fact that it was ruled against Nintendo because of the fact that primarily these are not only something that you do own, but even splitting away from that, like, it's almost always a single-player experience. And it's akin to modding. Whereas now, and in the Bungie lawsuit... That is an online multiplayer game, and you doing something is going to affect everybody else you interact with, whether they want it or not. And that's where I think we get these differences and why Bungie would win that, whereas Nintendo lost it. Oh, absolutely. I, I Mainly, I just want to look into this just to, like, I want to figure out the actual semantics between everything. And I, you just, I think, nailed it right on the head. You know, right on the head, but... You know, I already was interested in this a couple of days ago when I saw those news articles pop up. So I clicked on those and I just briefly skimmed it. I was at work. And so this watching these videos on this lawsuit between Gloob and Nintendo just blew my mind, you know, and this was something that's been used through the years as um, like a, a like a defense like a reference yeah. or a reference like, point and defenses uh, for all sorts of things. You know, Nintendo arguing that they're infringing upon their IPs because they're making derivative uh, copies of their games. And Glue being like, hey, as soon as you turn off the game, turn it back on, it's the original thing, you know? It's right back to where it was. Exactly. I think one of the quotes was, it's a lot like reading a book. You can open up a book and start on Chapter 11 if you want. If someone has beaten eight worlds in Super Mario, why should they have to spend hours doing that all over again? And that it was just an absolute landslide victory in term in favor of the Game Genie. And honestly, I think if the Game Genie didn't win this, gaming in as a whole would be a much different place. It inspired so much stuff going forward, and it inspired this whole. This whole love of cheat codes and doing, finding all the fun things that you can do. You remember the PS1 era and the PS2 era? Era, every game had a big head mode or something crazy like that where you had to figure out a cheat code to put in just to have some fun. Mm-hmm. And, and what's like those cheat codes and the game genie, like a lot of times what they were doing is that they were just really activating pre-existing developer tools that like they had used in testing the game and running it and taking it. So like, that's where like almost every game has an infinite live mode because yep. when they're running this shit, they don't care about, they just want to make sure everything's going to work through and like infinite ammo, all that stuff. Like it's there and able to be put in primarily, I think because it already exists on a, some level as a piece of code. And that's why like the game genie can just take that. And it's like, Oh yeah, 
here we go. Infinite ammo. Don't ever worry. You know? Yeah. So, the game genie's like, oh, here's the, here's where the ammo supply is. Okay. Let's make it so that doesn't deplete. Mm-hmm. We'll just go ahead and put a minus after that. And then it just yep. never moves. So yep. lovely stuff, man. It's, it's wild. It's the wild, wild west of coding, of gaming, of everything. I, I have to agree with you. I It had to have inspired so many other people to just like check out game development, even pursue it a little farther and, you know, mm-hmm. push it to where it is now. Maybe they went on to make a sweet Quake 3 map skin after Dragon Ball Z or something. Who knows? Dude, the amount of people to what you just said that probably got into coding just because they entered in six letters into a game to, you know, play Sonic, but you're always in spinball and you can just keep jumping through the air. <laughs> They're like, that's cool as fuck. I'm going to do that. And that's an actual game genie code. Like, I'm not making that one up. Like, you can just be in a ball and just be hopping all over the place. Infinite jump. It's nuts. And I'm sure it inspired so many people. And I you know come what? back to Sega. Oh, yeah. Were you about to go back to Sega? I wanted to come back to it, but I wanted to put a pin in it. But I want. Well, I was about to go to Sega. Oh, okay. Well, before that, I was just going to ask, what do you think taught more people how to code, Game Genie or customizing their MySpace page? Game Genie. Yeah. Game Genie. Because who uses HTML? That's true. Most people would just go to a MySpace customizer page and be like give me the so many people dude dude the amount of people that were like my myspace is so dope and you you literally went to their myspace and it was like i've seen this exact layout a thousand times you didn't make this copy paste i'm gonna put this in my profile and so it's gonna sparkle when you click here and it's gonna be awesome (laughs) <laughs> trying to sound like a child that's super stoked on his MySpace page customization. My thought song is Blink 182's The Anthem. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I don't give a crap, Mom. So I see your pin in that <laughs> Genesis, okay? The Sega one, yeah. Please yeah. get me out okay. of this terrible bit I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So I see your pin there, <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna let you take it away with could you imagine? how butthurt Nintendo was about the Game Genie that they went out of their way to redesign the NES multiple times to Mm -hmm. make it so that the Game Genie wouldn't work or fit just to have Galoob create free adapters Mm -hmm. to make it so the Game Genie still fit in these things. Like, it was such a back and forth like Nintendo would make it so they wouldn't fit. Gloop's like, here you go. And then they would tweak it a little bit more. It's so insane. And this all could have been avoided right off the rip when the creators from Codemasters first went to Nintendo and offered to license it to them to see mm-hmm. if they wanted to license it as an official product. But instead, Nintendo be Nintendo. It was like, lawyer, Phoenix Wright, get over here. <laughs> Objection! Objection. Which leads to, I'm sure, where you're going to go with this. Uh, Which is the fact that, uh, imagine all of that Nintendo battling back and forth, day in, day out. And all of a sudden, your fucking big dick swinging competitor strolls in and they're like, Hey man, fuck these nerds, come hang out with us and we'll just do it for free. And not really for free, but they're like, Sega was just like, yo bro. 
let's work together. You can officially license our shit. Here you go. Official seal. And, like, just totally took the market that, like, Nintendo was alienating and pushing away and making feel bad. Because the whole time Nintendo's like, no, this is not a good product. And all these moms and all these people are like, but my kids wanted it. And they it, it makes it fun. What is the problem? Like, again, 80s moms don't understand everything's a Nintendo, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so Sega just leaned into it and embraced the whole thing and had a wonderful little partnership going on with Galoob and the Game Genie. And uh, just fully, I think... It probably helped them expand a bit because, you know, they could market it and it just got the word out even further for both that like, oh, hey, here's some officially. Oh, you want to know how to do the infinite spin ball in Sonic? Well, here it is directly from Sega. Like, they're just telling you, go ahead. Yeah. It's cool shit like that, man. Dude, right down to uh, the Game Gear, right? The Game Gears, uh, the Game Gears Game Genie had, instead of having a book, it had little peel and stick stickers that you could just toss onto the back of your game uh, to the back of your game gear. So you could just look at the code real quick and input. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to deal with the book or anything like that. And that's absolutely, I don't think some, uh, something that you would have had going on on like one of the Nintendos. I do remember I had the one for the NES. I had, I don't think I had the Sega one. I definitely, I remember having the Game Boy one too because it was huge and it had that weird little cavity in the back where it had a little code book that you could store. So sick. So silly. I loved it. It was so cool. I remember always like peeling it, like pretending I was a giant, like, oh. The tiny little book. Yeah, so silly. (laughs) Good times being a kid, man. You first said that and I just was like nodding and saying, yep, in agreement. But as soon as you said that, I was like, yes. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That was a, it was a fun, fun fucking time, man. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. We, I don't think we've ever discussed this. Sean, what was your favorite NES game? Wow. Uh-huh. I, I have a couple. My, my favorite hands down NES, NES game is uh, Crystallis. Um, wow. That's a cool pool, man. No, dude, I. I love that game. I love that game so much. Um, but, I mean, there's a handful of, like, other notable ones. Like, I love Super Mario Brothers too. I think that's the best NES Mario game. Is that why uh, you and I, Mike are best friends? No, oh, wait, no, no, he hates two. He hates he? that one. It's under yeah, the right, bed, right? That's right. Or under the <laughs> shelf. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gremlins 2, I think, is a super underrated game. That game rocks okay. so much. I've weirdly played the Game Boy version of that. Okay. Dude, I could talk about NES games all day long. I love NES. Willow, Killer, Final Fantasy 1 is my favorite Final Fantasy game. Willow, huh. Have you never played Willow? I'm trying. I'm sure I did as a kid because I loved the movie. Oh, dude, Willow is I don't know such if I an awesome it. NES game. This is something that you and I did talk about because I think we both had the rental store that was in the grocery store, like in the back corner. We've talked about that before, right? We have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I got mine my was NES a VHS games. rental place. Yeah, mine was too, but it also had like one little half section that was Nintendo games you could rent. Oh, jealous! I, remember I never got to rent those. <laughs> I got Blues Brothers there. I got the Domino's Noid game okay. there. I yep. rented it. Hey Noid. Uh, the the is it Joe Rock the Caveman games? 
Joe I and know Mac? Joe and Mac. Joe and Maybe. Mac is one. Something like that. Uh, I remember getting that one a lot. That's a Genesis yeah. game, isn't it? Or a Super Nintendo? There, there's one that is... It might be Super Nintendo. Hmm. They might have bled over into that at some point. Anyways, it's just... Uh, I remember those were, those games sucked. I liked this game called Totally Rad a lot as a kid. Okay. Um, but one that I really loved a lot that I also remember using my Game Genie on a lot was Top Gun the video game because Top Gun was fucking hard. Top okay, Top Gun was not hard. Top Guard was Top Gun was impossible. <laughs> so the only reason, yeah, I've played a majority of Top Gun is because I played it with a Game Genie with cheats and codes and uh cuz other than that dude, I've never landed on that ship. Yeah, that's okay. That's the only hard part about that game. The game's not very hard, but it's impossible to land on that ship. <laughs> Like, I'm sure now, if we try, like, do it easily. I should try to do that for the next charity stream, actually. Dude, I, I'll i do, no, we should do, if we ever do Top Gun, we have to play that game and see yeah. if one of us can land oh, on the course. ship. I don't, I don't think we can. I'll say it I right now. I'd love to try it, man. Well, I'll get a ROM. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll okay. give it a go. Okay. You can't use save states, though. Sure. I mean, okay. yeah, you, you got to do it legit, <laughs> like the pit. Because um, I'm sure we could land on it just being like, all right, reload. Nope, reload. Nope, reload. <laughs> no, reload. Reload. Um, yeah, that, that's the, uh, the other part that sucks is that you have to go through that entire first, like, fight level, and then you get to try, oh, and then you fucking Dude, die. Dude, that entire first level is so much start. fun, though. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. And I remember playing it with my dad, and he had the joystick for the oh. NES. Fuck, yeah, dude. So cool, man. That's so uh, dope. Remember the NES games. Advantage? They were so magical. The Advantage? Yeah, the joystick yeah. thing? Oh, the is thing? that what you're talking about? No, I'm. T- what was the Advantage? The Advantage was the one, it was a big rectangle with the joystick and two yeah, gigantic yeah, buttons. My The one I was talking about, it was like a joystick flight stick oh, okay. thing. But cool. I, know, I know what you're talking about, too, yeah. It was like a, a big fight stick, almost. It was like a fight stick, and it had like a turbo button for some mm-hmm. fucking reason. Like, what are you turboing on the NES, you know? I never knew, but I had <laughs> controllers. Like, that was the thing. I always got most of my shit sent here from my cousin. So he would have like one good controller, and then like two or three shitty like Walmart game cats fuck off things where the square button didn't work, and it's like, ah. It's funny you bring that up. So, uh, Comerica first got into the video game scene by making wireless controllers for the Nintendo. Man, imagine how much those sucked in the 80s. Probably terrible, but the commercial was awesome. I remember, I think I had a rich friend that had it. I think it was just infrared, and it was super delayed, super laggy, because it's like a TV remote. And I don't, it couldn't do, you couldn't like hold a button, I don't think, because it was like, it wasn't a constant signal. So, yeah. Ah, terribleness. And of Dude. course, just laggy. Oh, man. Game Genie, where, though, man. Where else did this rabbit hole take you, dude? Because I, I got all the way into, like, Sarah's laying on the couch as I'm watching this stuff. And here I am, like, four videos later, learning how to program NES games. <laughs> no I no went, joke. I, uh, I, I did end up uh, probably around the same guy's page who, like, he examines a lot of the code for nes games and like how they operate sick uh he's wild there's another guy that like deals specifically 
with music. I watched this one whole crazy series about a guy that like added one chip to the NES mainboard and it like cleaned up all of the audio. What? So like all of the music files, it made them like crisp. They didn't have that crunch effect because so much of that was like compressed onto like, you know, like a byte and a half of data or even not even that, you know, it's, it's like small kilobytes and that's all they have to work with. So like they compressed it so much that it was, oh, I will definitely have to watch that. Dude, yeah, you have see to how watch we that fit video. into 40 kilobytes. Like, and so like what I'm saying, there's another one. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you where like a guy adds just one chip and gives it so much more expansive memory to work with. And it, it changes all the, all the game audio. It's really cool. Guys, I just sent Kyle a, uh, he just referenced it. It is by uh, Morphcat Games, and they made a game called, fuck, what the hell? It's called Mini Mages, I want to say. Micro Mages. Micro I have heard of this. Yeah, it's a a game that um, they developed for the NES a couple of years ago, and they talk about, they get into the specifics of sprite limitations, how they're actually able to condense things down, how it all works. It's only like, it's 12 minutes long, and I want to watch everything about NES game <laughs> development just because of this video. It, it's incredible. I will post this in the link for this show on mm-hmm. Facebook. So um, check it out. It's 12 minutes well worth your time if you're at all interested in like the in NES games at all. That, that's I love the, the cute little wizard sprite guy, too. That's one of the things that's fascinating with just NES games in general. And I, it's so wild to me, like talking about messing around with like the code in the game genie. It's also so funny that like you put one wrong thing in and you bunk the absolute shit out of that oh, thing. Cause it's dude. like, I have no idea what you're telling me, bro. I'm just going <laughs> to. There's like, you got Bowser every three steps popping up. <laughs> shit. Every time dude, Mario have... jumps, he shoots a fireball out of his ass. <laughs> Do you ever see some of the, like the really cool ones? Like, uh, like in SMB3 where you have the fire flower, but every time you hit something with a fire flower, it like digs. So you can shoot like anything. Like the like ground that down. you're on, you can like yeah. dig up that ground so it I disappears from That's underneath crazy. you. It's pretty freaking sick. So you can just get up next to a wall and just like go through like a barrier that's supposed to keep you out from the next section. Fucking wild. Or like everything. Dude. Uh, you talk about this game like making you fascinated with coding and shit man uh you still read stuff on your kindle right oh yeah oh man you should look in you should get this book called masters of doom have i told you about this before masters of doom i don't think you have but i'm gonna mute and look it up while you talk yeah, so Masters of Doom is basically, it's the story of the creation of id Software with John Romero and John Carmack, and it talks, it goes super in-depth in, like, them learning coding of computers. and. Does it talk about how they initially tried to port Super Mario, Super Mario. World to the mm-hmm. PC, and they got rejected, and, like, and so they formed yeah. id? Nice. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they made Commander Keen, and the, but it's cool because they go into depth about how, like, one of the biggest struggles was learning how the NES is drawing the next sections before they like show up. They didn't, 
it was crazy. And they, they like go into depth, like how they start figuring it out. They, they, they bring in like a fake box that's, you can't see on the screen. And then it's, it's just off. It's crazy how they get into it. And then they, that they figure that out and then they didn't know how to make it reverse. So if you turn back around, <laughs> so that's why in SMB one, you can't go backwards. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. It, no. Dude, it's so cool, man. I'm absolutely getting this book. Like, dude, you would love it. It's, 100%. it's one of the best books I've read in like a, a while. I love it. I've read it like three or four times. It's a great read, man. You're going to oh, love it. Oh, heck yeah. And I'm already fascinated. Let's Those do an guys episode on Masters of Doom. Yeah, okay. let's do an episode on it once you read it. No no rush, but I'll read it again too because I fucking love it. And I, I can't, it, dude. So. Oh, dude. Um, I'm so hyped for this. Research Grind Podcast. <laughs> man, I mean, research is an experience, right? Yeah, and it's a fun one when you have that ADHD itch that you and I both can, where if you're, like, into it. Like, man, dude, do you not just love reading, like, expansive lore on, like, a video game universe that you've never even played? Um, Depends what it is, but, yeah, yeah. sometimes. You, if it's something that's just, like, I really get it for games that I will never play. Like, uh-huh. if something lo- that looks interesting, I'm like, man, that is not my style of game. And then next thing you know, I'm like two hours into reading, you know, another synopsis. And like, next thing you know, you're clicking on a blue link to somewhere else and you're 12 pages deep. Fuck. Dude, I've recently got into the lore of the Warframe series uh, because I saw one video on YouTube and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then there it went. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's a free game. That's a free game. It's huge. It's like a Destiny type game. Uh, I've tried to play it a few times. I don't like it. It's very... Isn't it mechy? It's mechy. It's jarring. It's a little uh, sensory overloady for me. There's like um, mm. like so many things that I was just like, fuck this. Um, but anyway, they're in trouble Lord. with Armored Core coming out. <laughs> yeah, Armored Core is going to be dope, dude. Um, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, unless it I has a battle d- pass. <sighs> Come on. It's from Soft dude. Dog. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah, All I right. have one. Okay. I'm, I'm knocking on the wood. Uh, okay. Anyways, I don't, Warframe. I don't. I'm even done with Warframe. We're moving on from all that garbage. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to interject and cut off any more of your rabbit hole if you have more than to talk about. I just want to. We do have a lot of Facebook interaction. A lot oh of yeah, 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 dude, have cut fantastic. Me off, man. Seriously, I went down this rabbit hole of. I watched a video of somebody creating a calculator in Super Mario Maker too. Man, like, I could watch that shit too, dude. Like, dude, I went. To, it was a whole Turing machine. Like, oof. Like, man, I went deep somehow. I've seen but, like uh, people make full computers in like Minecraft. I've watched yeah. shit like that. But, oh, which, man. which is all based off the same Turing machine property or mm-hmm. principle. And like in Minecraft, torches lit on off, like unlit off. It's like, damn. There's binary everywhere, and you have triggers, and fuck. It's all zeros and ones, bro. I'm lying to code. <laughs> Unlock your game. Jump higher, punch harder. Free Get it, mind. dude. Man, okay, so yeah, we got a shitload of feedback. You texted me really like did. halfway through today, and yeah. I was pretty hyped. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I did want to follow up on my buddy, Kyle, who did have one of the longer comments. I just want to make sure that... Yeah, we all know now, Kyle, you do not blow in the NES cartridges. That was actually harmful to them because it would expose them to moisture, which 
It's never good for any electronics, but- Brasso, uh, folks. Open that bad boy up and use some Brasso. I mean, I, I used to use uh, rubbing alcohol and Q-tips. Sure. Go hard on them. Cleaning kits, that shit was awesome. Um, I used uh, to uh, buy a lot of- Oh, sorry. Oh. I, I was about to say, I used to buy a, a ton of games back when I was collecting NES games, and I would mm-hmm. open up every single one of them. Clean them. I had Painter's Claws and Brasso, and I would sit there until they were a fine shine. I would love to do that. That sounds so oh, relaxing. Dude, it God. was some of the most relaxing days ah, ever. Ah, you're, you're speaking. I'm, I'm getting the, the, the chills from uh, the ASMR of thinking dude, about it. Oh. Right over on my shelf over there, I was cleaning it the other day, and I found my... my uh, my eight socket connector to get uh, the pins out of the back of the, uh, the NES, NES carts. I was like, Oh, memories. All right. Matt Gentile. Memories. Sorry. Yeah. Matt, the Gentile giant, uh, poor guy. Uh, he just says wanting one, but never getting one. Uh, so, I mean, you and him on the same level there. I'm currently looking on eBay. <laughs> uh, Kanahas is the infinite P-Wing and Mario 3. I remember doing that myself many a time just to blast through every level. Um, yep. Also, oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Who, didn't, five, who yeah. didn't infinite P-Wing? I mean, that was one That was one of the most common ones, I feel. I, I also have to feel like Super Mario 3 in general, one of the most game-genied games ever. Absolutely. Um, it has to be... Super SMB 3, I almost guarantee you, is the most... Game genie game ever. I'd I'd wager probably. Yeah. I, I it'd be a smart wager, I'll tell you that. Um our good buddy uh Tyler from from Tadpog, he says using a code to have General Leo in my FF6 party. And uh I followed up with this one because I said core memory triggered of doing the exact same thing with a game shark in Sephiroth in FF7. Totally did that. Nice. Totally had Aerith in my end game party too. Really? Fu- Dude, it would bunk out so bad, but I have yeah. saves with Sephiroth and Aerith and all of that, so. That's dope. I never really did it with uh, with the game show. You know what I did do? Oh, man. So I, so many people can re- relate to this one. You know what I game sharked? The only thing that I can remember on my S- on my PS1? Yeah? Yeah. When I was, I was like 10 years old and game sharked Laura Croft's clothes off. <laughs> I was uh I had that issue of Playboy hidden under my mattress. They had a a video game special and they had Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I remember one. you remember back in the day when it's like this is the secret code you got to oh, spin yeah. 3 times, do two backflips, hold a square code. and triangle. It was an yeah. EGM thing. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. yeah, the April uh-huh. Fools. But then and trying to find that code desperately on the internet, I found that I found out what rule 34 is. If there's, if something exists, there's a porn of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's nodding. And in I was like, yes, I was like, oh, somebody just made naked pictures of Laura Croft. I can print out on the library printer while my friend goes and runs interference and grabs them as soon as they print. Why? Hello. Why I would never. Oh man, what dude! There is, mad... there was so much Laura Croft stuff back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably had half the collection printed out in a 
and <laughs> like a, a binder, you know? There was, was easily more of that content than Sonny from WWF. Mm-hmm. Oh, Laura easily. Croft was everywhere, dog. Everywhere. Uh, Man. Uh, I got one more I just wanted to touch on here because it's another one I relate to. Our good buddy Brooks says, uh, seeing all the different levels in Battletoads because uh, Battletoads, of course, also another very, very difficult game. Notoriously difficult. That tunnel is not a tunnel. Fun. Nobody likes the tunnel. I'm gonna hop Turbo in here tunnel. with our good friend Ryan of Experience Grind, formerly. Uh, says Game Genie and Game Shark are such great time capsules. I had the Game Genie for NES and Game Shark for PS1. Used them for literally every game I had just to break them and see what could be done. The mm-hmm. PS1 was especially handy for Christ in incredible crisis i've never heard of that game finally allowing me to see what the full game had to offer since it was blisteringly difficult only two or three mini games into it and that game is gloriously weird yep i i've never heard of that game but i commented on that one that's one of i own my original copy of incredible crisis it was a weird little it's crazy it even came out here in america because it's set fully in japan it stars this Japanese family of four, and you play through as each four of the family members at different various parts of this day where all these crazy, incredible disasters are all happening at once, and they keep snowballing into each other. And they're essentially just really hard, elaborate mini games that just get increasingly harder. And like Ryan said, like he doesn't remember getting past the third one, and I, I think it's like the third or fourth one that I maybe have ever gotten past myself it is incredibly difficult you have to uh, the only one i remember is like you're the mom and there's a you're in a bank and a bank robbers come and you have to do this weird little timing based maze thing and if they see you once it's over and you have to like wario land very similar meets parappa the rapper kind of yes and also like it's warrior wear but much longer and like, like each one of these mini game sections would be like five to 10 minutes long. And you Jeez. have to beat like six or eight of them before you can do the first save point. So it's one of those situations where like I've seen the first three levels of that game infinite times and then like nothing after it. Because once you die and get seen, it restarts all the way back. Holy cow. So okay. super, super hard game. That sounds incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Uh, did you give a shout out to Jeff Miners? Uh, please do, because I was opened it on my phone and like oh, Facebook okay. is so dumb on your phone. It doesn't show because I didn't even see Ryan's comment on here. Oh, no worries. I mean, Tyler has a couple more comments. I'll run through those real quick. But Jeff Miners also says never owned or used a game genie. I'm lame. You are not lame. I again, we can wrap back to the beginning where Kyle says everybody had one. Not everybody had one. Um, it's just unfortunate that you never got to use one. I will say I have hopped onto eBay in talking about this. You can find like a tested one for 10 bucks. Like if you have an NES and you have some games and you like playing those games, pick that up for 10 bucks on eBay and just have some fun with it. Get weird with it. Like 10 bucks for a couple days worth of fun and for it to be on your shelf. Like that's even a cool shelf piece. Somebody sees a Game Genie? How are you not going to comment on that? Go to somebody's house, they got a Game Genie? That would be sick. 
Game Genies are also gold. I kind of want to get one now and make my own, like, championship belt with it. Fuck yes. I think I might have to do this. You kind of need to do that. Yeah. Like, it's basically a holster for games. Right. And, oh, dude, if I put it in upside down and then I can put a different game in it and the belt while I wear... Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's go, boyo. Something's happening, folks. Something's happening here. Uh, Tyler also says getting infinite magic slots in the original Final Fantasy for NES to finally defeat the boss gauntlet at the end. Well, I got something to say to that. You don't need those slots. You just need to get good. Um, Get good. Sean throwing down the FF1 gauntlet. Well, you have said it's like your favorite game, your favorite NES game, one of them. Dude, I 100%ed it in 20 hours when Brooks got me that for my birthday. So good. Yeah. Yo, did I tell you I have the physical um, edition I saw of the you Pixel Remaster? On the PS5, yeah. right? No, for the Switch. Oh, for the Switch. It's going, oh, for, nice. it's going for like 300 bucks now. What? Damn. Yeah, like 200, 300 bucks. Oh, Sick. my buddy Nathan got it on the PS5. He showed me his. Oh, nice. But yeah. It hasn't so even showed up yet, but it's sold out like everywhere. Anyways, uh, also, Tyler says, turning on invincibility and getting all the endings on Cardia Cartia for PS1, a game that constantly destroyed me. And that's the thing. I've never even heard of Cartia. Neither have I. But it's either like the games like Ryan said, where it's you want to see the rest of this game that's just been absolutely bitch slapping you everywhere, or like somebody else said where you just want to have oh also brian where he just wanted to put it in and break games and see what happened Mm -hmm. it's you know both sides were equally as fun sorry i am rambling i no this fucking love the game genie that's what i was all right so sean let me it's it's hot we don't i don't think we'll do a rating system but let me ask you this question yeah how impactful do you think the Game Genie was on video game culture? I think I think it was incredibly impactful. I don't I can't imagine a world even though not everybody knows what a Game Genie is, you know, if you're in your mid 30s, you've heard of a Game Genie. There might be people under 30 that have never even heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. But without a Game Genie, you don't have Game Shark, Action Replay, the Game Genie that lasted for like a year by Hyperkin in the mid-2000s. You know, all of those things, those wouldn't exist. You know, you wouldn't have the groundwork. If those came out in the 2000s, who knows if a court system would have ruled in favor of those manufacturers. You don't know. And... Also with that, you had a huge culture in the late 90s of built-in cheat codes. And you don't see that much anymore, but it really, it much so influenced a lot of gaming for the the following 15 years. And who knows how much of that captured people to want to keep gaming and getting into things and doing weird stuff mm-hmm. and getting people into programming and making these games. I... I think this was invaluable to the gaming industry as a whole, even though people might not realize it. Um, What about you, man? Uh, I'm going to ramble and say a lot of the same things I have said. I want to, before I, 
Sean, in your rabbit hole research, did you ever come across the Game Genie TV commercial? Yes. Okay, the the 90s one? Yeah, Bill and Ted? Yes. All right. I fucking love this one. Game over! Oh, we got to put this in the in the Facebook link, too. I'm, I'm Absolutely. It just for findability. But yeah, uh, same thing to you. Uh, you said incredibly impactful. I think those were the exact words I had. Um, I think it changed the gaming landscape. I think, like you said, even if you didn't have one, you've heard of a Game Genie. You know what a Game Genie is. You know what it does. Uh, and I think we have to call it incredibly impactful for... A statistic that we can't quantify or know, but I just have to imagine it did inspire so many people to explore game development and looking into other things and trying to tinker with things themselves. And who knows where we are gaming-wise because of somebody that was eight years old and wanted to figure out how to make Mario jump upside down. So, yeah, uh, changed the gaming landscape well, it's also super pro-consumer, which was a huge thing. And I, I, as a consumer, I'm always about things that are pro-consumer. So, yeah, hell yeah. Thank you for giving me that freedom, Galoob and Cove Masters. Sarah asked you. me after we were watching some of those videos, she's like, wow, you know, you seem super interested in that. Did you Were you ever interested in coding before? I don't know if you know this, man, but I used to... I used to like create games on my TI 83 plus back in high school. Your calculator? That's yep. awesome, dude. Yeah. So, like, and who knows if something like this may have planted a bug in my head to want to do stuff like that or just be a creative and work with coding to make mm -hmm. something tangible. You know, it's that was a real thing. Yeah. So who knows? Like, I don't know if that's something that directly impacted that or um, pushed me to do something like that. But even if I can't pinpoint that, I'm sure others can. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Dude, thank you so much for finally, Dude. finally, I've gotten to this has been like a seven year long, eight year long <laughs> mission -year for me to talk about the game genie for an hour. Yeah. Well, we fucking did it. And it was awesome. I loved every second of it. Also, uh, you're welcome, listeners, because I think we kind of got right into the meat of this episode very early and sustained it throughout. So uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> that was, it was good shit, man. I, I really I like this episode. I like that we did something cool and different. I know you liked it. Listeners, if you dug it and you want more of this stuff, let us know. I, I would happily do some more research into some cool niche nerdy things that we'd all like to know more about heck yeah there's so much stuff out there that like i think so many people just think about for a couple seconds and it's out of their head and you're like huh that's cool and then you don't think about it again mm -hmm. if you ever had one of those shoot it our way yeah you know i would love to deep dive into six or seven 10 15 minute long videos and just try to absorb what i can out of this stuff this was a lot of fun it was I look so. forward to the next one that we get into. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what that is, but you know, know what? There's going to be a lot of stuff in the show notes for this. Not the uh -huh. show notes, but in the comments. We got a commercial. We have a how we fit an NES game into 40 kilobytes. And also there's a picture of me like a samurai that Kyle spent 15 minutes making. 
at the beginning, at the beginning of the show. That's Discord only. I will also try to find that one I talked about <laughs> where the guy added more memory and cleaned up all the music, and we can try to add that one in too because that's also Please. a really awesome video. Heck yeah. Um, I'm here for but that. But yeah, man. Uh, Sean, do you know what listeners could do? Um, You know what? I would love it if everybody took a step back, grabbed their game genie, stepped into it, just plugged their bumski right into that bad boy, uh-huh. bent over, backed up right into an NES, and superpowered themselves. Yeah.